All right, we're set. Everyone's here. Four people. We're just waiting for our singer. <laughs> All right, anytime you're ready. Still an odd me in, eh? Wait till the vocals is coming soon, Paul. This is my part. <laughs> Normally, at this point, we would have a singer, right? We'd have a singer. Was it at the one or the four? There was like a one or a four. There was like four of them, and then you were supposed to do another part, and then I was going to come in. There's something different about this show. I can't think what it is. I don't know what the... Is it the opening? Are we nailing it? Is that what it is? I think we were supposed to sing it. Oh, damn it. Oh, here we go. You know, sometimes here in the Dutch Hall, you know, sometimes things don't work out as they're planned. We do it every week. We set a goal for ourselves to come in each and every week and to do this program for our listeners. And we made a commitment to them, Paul. Some of them are like uh, a hardcore driving to work on a Friday morning listening right now. That's why I showed up. All those people were deprived. I wasn't here last week. And what we did was we set up a song and play a nice Dire Straits song. And we had Steve on drums. You know? Steve was just working the drums of this song. I was watching before. He was waiting for Braden to show up and Kevin. Or no, Braden and Kevin and uh, David and Michael. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like there's only six shows left in the hall. And eventually... They're all going to be gone, right? And then, so they'll have to take advantage of everyone that's left. But no, the only two that show up are Steve and Wes, and of course, us Van Dyke brothers. The three, four of us together, we couldn't sing our way out of a paper bag. No, not much singing going on. But we're still doing the show for you people because we love you and we're going to get this through that's this right. thing. But there's only one way to get it started. You know what that is, Steve? I think it's to play that theme song, B. Yes! <laughs> Theme song, boys. One, two, three, four. It's a raucous crowd goes nuts. Welcome everybody live from the Dutch Hall. We are Canada's only late night talk show and the greatest podcast ever come out of a pool shed in Pine Grove, Ontario, bar none. Bar none. And I believe we are that way because we have the greatest band oh, yeah. in Canadian late night history and you heard them here. 
The Nocturnal Emissions. Comprised this week of just a couple of drops that came out on the bed sheets. Steve, the reluctant German, on guitar. And the balls of the Nocturnal Emissions back where they belong. Whiskey, Wes Higgins. And you know what? <laughs> this show wouldn't be complete without a good bartender, brother, bus driver, director, and bottle washer. He's Paul Van Dyke, everyone. <laughs> and now it's the host of this program. That's me. It's your two-time. Two-time. Two President's Club Award winner. It's Pope Pete Van Dyke. Hey. Woo. Thank you, everyone. Hey. Bow. Hit the hit the symbol, Jane. Hit the symbol. Just hit it with your hand. Yeah, the top one. Hit him again. Oh, that one didn't work. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right, there we go. All right. I thought Paul was leaving. That was an epic opening, and now we sh- what do we have to do yet? Just the feedback, and then close the show. Done. Done. Was that like a half hour like opening? That one. No, five. <clears throat> what? Five minutes. I thought that was at least an hour and a half, that opener. It was the most painful thing. You know, it's not, this is the thing about people don't understand about this program. Each and every week, you know, whatever collection of dedicated nocturnal emissions show up, we have to make a song out of it in between uh, 10 and 20 minutes, right? Usually. And usually there's talented musicians to pull this feat off, and even they are angered and frustrated, as well used to are. Talented musicians here today, angered and frustrated that you were given not even 10 minutes to cook up a song, mm-hmm. this song, random song, out of the blue. with uh, the lineup that you were presented with, which was just the two of you guys, right? Right. And it was unfair. And you know who I blame? Let me get my list out. <laughs> it's long tonight. It is long tonight. <laughs> Let's start with right to my uh, immediate w- w- empty chair. That would be Michael, our band leader, Bo. Well, where is he? Uh, he's he's got to get excuse, though. What is it? He's going to the Jack White concert. Yeah, Jack White concert, you know? Oh, yeah, uh, Jack White, tonight. Pete Van Dyke, Jack White, Pete Van uh, Jack White wins. i got to tell you a secret. Um... I was offered Jack White tickets to give, not to give, but to sell uh, to anyone in the Dutch Hall crew who might want them, right? I said, you fuck right off with those tickets (laughs) because uh, I need, if I would have given them, Steve would be gone and it would just be me and Wes. And I'd be, I don't know what we play. I have not a clue. (laughs) (laughs) Just at bass and Pete, Paul, and what are you going to be playing? You could could play the the Shakers. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. Mm. Yeah, you'd be gone too. Anyways, yeah, Mike's gone. He's having like a million bachelor parties between now and then. But me and Charles just booked our flight to the Nashville to go to this real look one. Out. What? Said look out. Yeah, look out Nashville. Damn straight. Yeah. There's gonna be a bunch of Van Dyke boys on the loose. It's gonna be like Van Dyke Party Services unleashed in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, I can't even wait. It's going to be ridiculousness that I can't even imagine. But I'm I'm smart about this whole thing. I'm getting me and Charlie are getting a little paradise away from the uh, chaos because we're old, eh? Because we can't handle sometimes too much of the of uh, like uh, the younger fellas 
boisterous activities. Sometimes I like to get my sh- a shut eye. Maybe a nice eight hours of shut eye. Huh? Just a, n- a nice place to take a nap, eh? <laughs> what? You want to yeah. take a nap, eh? Uh, maybe in the afternoon you want to take a nap. I don't like the honky tonks anymore. <laughs> I would like to go uh, rest my weary head, and then maybe go on a bicycle ride. Yeah. <laughs> Not me. I'm out. I'm out. For that trick once. It was hilly, wasn't it? Yes, there's big hills in Nashville. Yeah, it's a lot hillier than you think. You don't think Nashville is going to be hilly until you put a big giant uh, brother <laughs> on a bicycle. And you're like, this is a lot hillier than I expected, Paul. He's like cursing and pushing his bike up the hill. <laughs> I'm just going to call a cab. Fuck this thing. <laughs> what do you plug it into something? I, yeah, it would be way better to see the city on a, in a cab. <laughs> I do like using Lyft and Uber now. Yeah. It's way better. I don't know why. Well, because a lot of cities, you can't, it's not easy to get cabs, but it's always easy to get an Uber or Lyft. Yep. And you can see them right on your phone. It's, it's really good. What, what else can be like that? Everything? Can everything be a shared model like that? Because you can do like, uh, your, you can share your house and yeah. your car now. Your car. You, you can just your like car. rent your own car out, right? Yeah. And then you can, uh, and you can rent your own house. Other people do that all the time. It's kind of weird, eh? What do you put do with your clothes? Like if you have cl- if you, people like do Airbnb for their own house, but they have like clothes in yeah. their house, what do they got to lock them in a closet or something? Maybe. Maybe a shed in the backyard. Oh, a clothes shed. <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> eh. Hey, Jane. What about I build you a clothes shed? <laughs> Fa- Steve's got one. He's all fancy. <laughs> you guys don't have, isn't that what the, the Dutch hall turns into? Is that like a walk-in closet? Yeah, I guess so. Like, we can use an old ball kill. Nice. <laughs> Put all your shoes in there. I'm in. <laughs> oh, shit, guys. You know what? Ooh. I got all kinds of uh, booze in my mustache. Woo. Steve, now you have a luscious beard, mm-hmm. right? And uh, this is something that you do all the time. You just go bearded all year round, right? Yep. And how long have you had that beard on your face? Forever. And are you covering up? Or are you co- are you like masking, as they say? Um, penis birthmark. <laughs> oh, is that what we? Th- no, that's what we thought. It, what thought. Is it a penis birthmark? It is not a penis birthmark. Okay, twenty questions to figure out why Steve has a, uh, a beard. Okay. Okay. Um, Steve, are you are you covering up um, your hum? Um, are you covering up your humiliation for um giving up on your goals and dreams uh no <laughs> oh, terrible, not at terrible all. i thought i was gonna get it right out of that that's that's 19 we got 19 <laughs> questions 19. left it's gonna be a long <laughs> <one>. <laughs> terrible bum chin <laughs> maybe yeah you don't remember i don't know <laughs> i have no idea what my chin looks like i'm sure there's two of them does your beard get itchy at all never never anymore you're just used to it right yeah. your body just adjusts it's whatever that's what it th- the thing is. Your body will adjust to whatever torture you put it through, eh? That's just like uh, you worked in tobacco, right? Yeah. You know when you're doing like sand leaves and you're like your body doesn't even bend this way. It hurts really not bad. Supposed to. It it's not. You're not <laughs> supposed to do it all day. No. And like it hurts. It's this is unreasonable. And then uh, eventually your body just gets used to it, and then, and then you can do it all the time. Yeah, it doesn't it'll make hate you later though. Oh yeah, yeah. In your life, you mean? I would think so. Yeah, like I was working for the bank. And I went to the, uh, I had a bad back or whatever, so I went to the doctor, and they gave me a, a x-rays and stuff, and they said, oh, you got um, you got years of, uh, you got damage for years of hard labor. 
right? And I'm like, I work at a desk. You know, I don't do anything, you know? And she goes, no, no, what'd you do before that? I go, oh, well, I grew up on a farm. But I didn't think that counted, you know, the uh, 15 years of hard labor I did there <laughs> while my body was forming. You know, <laughs> that's actually probably what did it. Maybe. Yeah. But anyways, what I was getting to is that my beard is new on my face. And as it turns out, it's just it's not that I did it to raise money for men's health. Like there's talking you can they call like it's called uh, no shave November now. It's not called Movember, which is just mustaches. And now the bearded community like Steve mm. wanted to be included. Right. But in order to qualify, you're supposed to shave at the beginning of the month and just show what you can do in a month. So right. it shows your manliness, how much hair you can actually produce, right? And uh, anyways, I'm going for this beard, and it's itchy as, as, as hell right now. Like, it's driving me bats. Early stages. So what? how long does that go for? Wes, you just had one, too. Yeah, I hated it. You hated the beard? Yeah, it would not stop itching. It was longer than Steve's, I think. How long did you have it, and it still didn't stop? Four, four months four months and it's still itched oh that would drive me fucking crazy um anyways my point is what was my point no idea oh my point is that people do this to raise awareness right but what i found out talking to my teenage daughters is that uh that uh um like high school kids can't grow beards a lot of them right but they want to help out with awareness for men's health as well so they found this thing they do this thing called uh no nut november that's right you know what that means paul they don't bust no. the nut in november yeah you don't know what it means eh? no no yeah, I don't. you don't know what no nut means no do you know what to nut is like i gotta go nut quick no you don't know no do you know <laughs> you know bust a nut yeah. you know what bust a nut i know means. what bust a nut means <laughs> but that's all it is nut is just short for bust a nut mm. you know what bust a nut means it means it means uh, ejaculate right right so I would assume that means no sex, no masturbation. But then my daughter's clarified, no, it's just no masturbation, and which is, which is good because that means they didn't consider sex to be a thing yet, right? You hope. Yeah, you hope. You can't get a loot if you're going no nut November. You can't have sex either. Can't right. nut. Can't nut at all. Right. I don't think that's healthy though. So they're not sexually <laughs> active. I'll tell you what happens, Wes. I did it as an experiment one time when I was 21 years old. Terrible idea. Yeah, it was. I was gonna go to England, and I was in a, I was in a house with like you know like sixteen people or whatever it was in this house, right? So then you you're like you feel like you don't have a lot of private space to do, to spend time with yourself, you know, like you should, where you're alone with just yourself, <laughs> or you get to make love to yourself. <laughs> but anyways, I said I said I'd feel awkward about doing it in a house with all these people, you know, they don't know. So I said, I'm just going to take four months off because it's just one semester. Four months off of, uh, of releasing. And uh, in my t- as I'm 21, you know, in the prime of my sexual peak, you know. Anyways, that lasted about uh, four or five weeks. And then I jizzed on the top bunk right over top of my good friend. <laughs> he had no idea underneath. I couldn't look him in the eye for like a week, eh? Like I couldn't look him in the eye. And he was like, "What's the matter with you?" I'm like, "I feel so ashamed, you know." And I eventually told him what had what had happened. Eh? I was like, "I didn't do anything about it. I was just having a nice dream, and then went off." My <laughs> 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 Mark's just sawing logs beneath me, you know. <laughs> Poor bastard. Man. <laughs> didn't even know the drips were coming. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway, so we are. Anyways, that's what's going to happen. So you should actually, you know, blow the steam out there because otherwise it's going to do it itself and it's going to cause you a lot more embarrassment and uh, a lot more laundry to explain to your mom if there's any high school kids listening to this Is there program. more anger issues in November because they can't, like, release? Yes, there is. 100%. 100% Dutch Hall <laughs> fact. There is definitely uh, more anger when you don't, when you don't bust a nut. It's just that's just facts. That's right. You do it, eh? Like oh you. Oh yeah, I'd be fucking mental. Okay, this is a great. <laughs> this is a great uh, example, Paul. You're with your wife, right? Let's say you're with your wife. Let's say that maybe just the, the rigors of life may be causing a little stress between you and the uh, missus. You know what I mean, Paul? Yeah. And you maybe not as, uh, as you know, as enamored with you with her as you were on your wedding day. You ever have days like that? <laughs> well, on that day, just picture, right? Just for a second, uh, she just goes, she just pulls you around the corner and just sucks your dick real quick, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you just like, you know, blow blow your load in your mouth, and then you're like, oh, whoa, what happened there? And she's like, it's time to go back to the kids. And then, uh, and you're like, all of a sudden, you know, your whole opinion of her changes, right? She's, <laughs> you look at her with new eyes, don't you think? She becomes great. Yeah. For a little bit. Yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, but it would change it, wouldn't it? It would. Yeah. Lesson to be learned here is for the ladies. This is because we have a lot of lady listeners. I like them to know if you uh, if you think your your loved one's getting a bit grumpy, just you know pull him over, give him a give him his what fur, you know, and uh, yeah, <laughs> and then he's fine. You know, that's what that's even what. Um, uh, Bill Clinton, remember Bill Clinton? He got that blowjob from uh, that uh, uh, girl with the beret. Monica Lewinsky. Yeah, that one. Then he stuck a, stuck a cigar, cigar in her pussy? In her vagina? Yeah. yeah. But he never had sex with her. With a cigar, I guess. But uh, but he never he never had uh, that would sexual. That a funny joke, eh? They're like getting all like, ah, cigar box. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah. Cigar box. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what is another one? Doing another, do another cigar-related product, and I'll see if I can make it dirty. <laughs> What's another cigar product? A what do you? A humidor. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, how big is your cigar, or how big do you like your cigar? I don't know. Maybe just ash in her pussy. <laughs> you know, maybe <laughs> he needed an ashtray. <laughs> you know, maybe he didn't. He didn't really stick it uh, in as much as butt it out. Yeah. <laughs> what? Just butt it out. Just butt it out. Yeah, he just had to butt it out somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We don't want to be known as an ashtray. Greatness. I like cigar box better than ashtray. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Did I make a way of finding it more offensive to ladies? To more objectifying? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know what I was doing. Hey, well, you know how me and Steve were talking today about how... how uh, we'll talk about one more thing, and then we have to get to a segment we call Feedback. We got me and Steve were talking today about how... You know how they change words because they're offensive? Like, um, right. can't say retarded, even though mentally retarded was like a, a, like a, like a dictionary term for uh, like an ailment. Like where you had uh, 
a retardation of your development or whatever. Like it was stunted, you know, like that. You know what I mean? And that's uh, that was a, like a legitimate term, you know, not a, an offensive term, you know. Because retarded means slow. Yes, and slow is bad too. You can't say slow either because both those things are offensive, yes. right? Because they have a negative connotation or something now. But then they change the word, right? So then uh, they just change the word. So now they think that's going to solve it because you call it a nicer word, right? But then you got to be mentally challenged to think that that's going to change anything right yeah that's right aren't you just gonna you gotta be some sort of developmentally delayed um goofball to 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 really believe this is gonna work you see what i'm doing there i'm taking the new word and making it offensive right right it's gonna keep happening as long as there's dicks can i just give us the just give us one word and say don't be a dick about it you know you can't keep changing the language is what I'm saying. It doesn't change people. No matter how much you try to police us all, we're still going to uh, find a way to make fun of your friend for doing something stupid. Right. You know? But you shouldn't uh, throw them in that category with those people who have legitimate health problems. And, uh, you know, um, uh, I saw a guy who had legitimate, like, um, mental health, or not mental health, but, you know, he's like, a little bit uh, developmentally uh, um, challenged or whatever. And uh, he was waiting for the bus on that windy day. Right. And uh, he just was sitting there, like, getting his uh, hood uh, blown by the wind. And he was just, like, uh, smiling ear to ear. And I was driving past him. <laughs> and uh, it made me happy from him to the paint shop. I'll tell you. <laughs> just looking at that kid's grinning at the wind blowing him in the face, you know. He was having a ball, you know. And I was thinking, am I supposed to feel bad about that? Because... I wasn't laughing at him. I just it just made me uh, kind of laugh to see a guy have such joy over something so simple or whatever. You know what I mean? But like that's the that's that seems nice to me. Like it doesn't seem to be like something I'm doing mean to a, the person, right? Right. But it uh, some people could find it offensive for me laughing and pointing like that, <laughs> throwing a <laughs> bottle out the window. Shouldn't have done that. Maybe. That's where <laughs> no. you draw the line. That's where that's where I went too far. Was it the bottle? <laughs> well, we should do a segment we call Feedback. We got feedback. We got feedback. Feedback. It's motherfucking feedback. Hey, uh, this week's feedback is brought to you, as always, by our friends at Amazon. If you would like to support someone other than a billionaire... And you still like to buy it from Amazon, what you should do is go to Live from Dutch Hall's website, click on our Amazon banner. If you don't see our Amazon banner, it's because you got ad blockers on you, turkey. And it's just one extra step. It's awesome. It's very easy. <laughs> just for that, just for that website, you let it off. You click on the Amazon banner, and then uh, and then that bald guy, Bezo, yep. he does not get all the money. Oh, I wasn't talking about Steve. I was talking about this Amazon guy. It's a uh, I didn't know because you, you came up right away. Said Jeff, I just did. just to make sure it wasn't misconstrued as Steve. <laughs> that's what I, the way I took it. Yes, that's right. Anyways, he's uh he doesn't need the money. We do so uh, do that step, and then we and, get some of the money. And you might get stuck in a Dutch Hall tornado. Dutch Hall NATO. Ooh, this brings us very. I'm not even going to the next sponsor because oh. Jane has led us very um, 
nicely into our first piece of feedback. This one comes to us from our live from the Dutch Hall Facebook page. It is from Ty Wright, former guest, a many-time guest of the show, friend of the show, Ty Wright. Ty says, Dutchaholics wasn't terrible, but how about Children of the Hall? Is what he says. You know how we were trying to find a name for the Dutch Hall fans, like our diamonds? You know? So what do we call them? And he's saying children of the hall. And I'm going to say, Tyke, no. <laughs> Sounds like shit. I don't like it. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. No, I'm just, I'm just, I think that <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't, uh, it's thank not. Thank you, it's, but no, thank you. What do you think? Dutchaholics, it seemed too uh, Hulkamania, right? <laughs> was that what it was? But. Uh, What's wrong with Hulkamania? I hate Hulk Hogan, man. <laughs> I never liked Hulk Hogan. Did you like him as a kid? I at least knew who he was. You were never a wrestling fan? <laughs> no. The only sports guy. <laughs> this Steve, I find out more about Steve every week. Steve was not a pro wrestling fan. <laughs> this is a shock to yeah, me. It should be. Because because I just said, have you ever been to pro wrestling in real life? No. Oh, you know what? I think I'd like to make a TV show about taking Steve to things he's never done before. Awesome. And watching his indifference. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like he he won't care even a little bit. Like we'll see how much we can get him. Like teach him the backstories and the inside knowledge, and see if we can get him hooked on any of the uh, sports at all. Yeah, and not I, fish or Grateful Dead. Yeah. yeah, nah, don't care. He gives us, you know what, uh, as Steve does that I've realized because I'm working with him more, is that he get, he gives he hates a lot of the music that we love, but he he doesn't say it to us because he doesn't want to hurt our feelings. Uh-huh. Is that true? He's a nice guy. You play it. You've played the music you hate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and don't say nothing. And Wes, you too, right? Yes. Yeah, you may make Wes play the Grateful Dead with you. <laughs> I play the hip. That's bad enough. Oh, yeah, because you're really anti-hip. Yeah, yeah, I really do. When can you come out of the closet with that? You just did, obviously. But you're no, going to get I've some hate. I've hated the hip. On air, too? Long time. Even yeah, when so. Gord Downey was sick? Yep. Did, you hated the hit, but even on air, you I respected s- what he did for the. But you don't. You're not. Game, yeah, you're not going to just like him all of a sudden because he's sick. Oh. Right. Oh. I, I agree with that. You can't. It's like if a if a if a person like was a dick before something bad happened to him, and then something bad happens to him, they're still a dick. Like they're yeah. not not a dick. That, that's that's how you. And if some and that and that's how you treat them equally is you keep treating them as though they weren't didn't have the bad thing happen to them. Yeah, and so if you're going to treat them like you didn't like them before, then treat them like you don't like them after. I always hate people who all of a sudden the guy's like had a tragic accident or something, and now everyone's nice to him. I'm like, he was a total dick before, you know? <laughs> well, maybe the accident changed him. Uh, maybe. Gives humility. Sure. That's the one thing that uh, I have learned as I get older in life is that uh, I will um, forgive more because I've lived longer, so you know how you fuck up more. And then you just see how everybody else is fucking up, and then you, before you didn't you didn't give them a chance because you didn't do anything didn't do anything wrong yet, right? Or whatever, like you hadn't messed up yet, and then you mess up more and more and more, and then you're like, oh, I fucked up so many different ways. Like I could have easily done that way too. I just haven't done it yet, you know. Yep. And then uh, so now everybody gets a pass because <laughs> yeah. you're just older. You don't care, right? When you're a kid, you don't tolerate that shit. You just like you th- want the world to be perfect. You're gonna change it or whatever. And now you're just like, ah, oh, fuck this. I, it's, it's not gonna change. 
I'm just hoping to get to the end of it without, you know, like, I don't know, too much weird shit. <laughs> you know, they, the, the, the weird, I want to go one more sponsor. We already have Vandic Party Services, which we are going to Nashville when on, on a promotional tour for Mike Stagg. Because that's free. That's a gift cool. to, to Mike for all the years of uh, service and clean flow uh, for their support. And we have to do a quick ad for Norpak. The beef people. Oh. Yeah, what was that? Norpak? The beef people. Okay. Well, I like that one better. Kevin had my fucking mic turned up a bit. You guys <laughs> could hear me. Yeah, he's not here. If I uh, watch, I'll go take his mic. You guys will hear everything. If we still never... We st- Yeah, you should do it. <laughs> yeah. We never... <laughs> we never go to... Oh, wait. He's doing it. The tickle. We never went to say where Mike... Mike was at the Jack White concert, but uh, Kevin... Kevin's got a touch of the of the of a flu-like symptoms, is what he said. Flu flu-like symptoms is generic illness. Maybe he's pregnant. Yeah. Oh, listen to this velvety voice. Oh, there you go. <laughs> is that Kev's mic? Yeah, I'm gonna switch him for good. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even gonna know what's happened. Because I don't know if he listens to the show. Oh, he will. He'll listen to the opener. <laughs> That's the best part. He's going to be like, what happened? And like, yeah, we fucking nailed it. We nailed it. Sounded fucking great. Hey, uh, guess who else gave us a piece of feedback? This one came from uh, uh, live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com. It says, I am so glad that your new purchase jitters are settling down. You stated quite clearly last week that these things that assisted the hall just kind of fell into place once you began. And that is it. That's the magic beginning, right? This is a precise this is the precise magic Goth speaks of in his famous quote. Uh, Pete do not read the quote. Too boring. Just skip it. It's for your info. I, I did read the quote. Would you like me to read the quote? Yeah. You see, everyone's going to want me to read the quote. That's why I got to read the quote. It says, uh, concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is only elementary truth. Oh, there's only one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans. That the moment one definitively commits oneself, then providence moves to... Yeah, you should have oh. listened and not read it. Why? Too boring? Yeah, bored. But you lo- you know, which, which word got you? Providence, right? Yeah. Yeah, I lost on that one too. Does anyone know what that means? So, uh, but I know what the, the gist of it is, is that if you start something and commit yourself to it, then it's going to happen because you've committed yourself to it and you have no choice, right? Right. It's like if you have a backup plan, you're going to fail. That's what I say. Yeah. No backup plans, not allowed, right? What are you doing? Are you filming? No? Oh, okay. It's weird. And then, uh, uh, anyways, uh, he says, once you bought the church, you bought the outcome, and it's going to be awesome. I'm glad I'm here at incubator time. Wait till this baby hatches, uh, Dr. Bruce Veltry. Oh, There you go for Bruce. Nice. Yeah, very nice, Bruce. Uh, thank you. I'm going to go listener of the week quickly. Whoa. <laughs> no prepare it. He's the listener of the week. This is his week. It's your week, Bruce. Yeah. Mm. 
I think we're really coming together. By the time we do the closing theme song, we're going to be fucking killing it, man. We are gelling. Um, this is from uh, uh, this is from Podbean. We got this next piece of feedback. Oh. It said, I listened to your show Friday morning on my drive to work, and OMG, I laughed so hard at how nachos are made that I, prob- I practically drove off the road. If anyone had seen me laughing my head off, they would have thought I was drunk or mentally unstable or both. And there is really no evidence that she was not. <laughs> In both of those cases. And by the way, fellas, just remember, it ain't the meat, it's the motion. Ha <laughs> ha! And that is from Good Time Jane. Hey. Good Time Jane every week back again. I love her. She's going to be one of my favorite listeners, I'll tell you that. Not the meat, it's the motion, but I do like the meat. Hey, a nice roast beef. <laughs> hey, a nice flobbity. I like it. I like when you can see what's going on. Nice shot, octopus. Hey. <laughs> All righty. Uh, we only have one more person. Hey, Jane, you do do the hi hat. <laughs> can we do cheese lady without? Uh, Without drums? Sure, of course. Of course, let's do it then. <laughs> we, we're the nocturnal image. Well, there is one other lady we have to check on. And that's our good friend from the second mouse in Delhi. She's a cheese lady. Let's check on her. Check in on the cheese lady. On the cheese lady. Check in on the cheese lady. Always on the run. Check in on the cheese lady. On the cheese lady, checking on the cheese lady, always having fun. Checking on the cheese lady, on the cheese lady, checking on the cheese lady. Teresa, what you done? No, that's the last one. Teresa, what you done? I screwed that up. I had to get one more. Is there four and then? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, Teresa, the second most in Delhi. She's a great supporter of our show, and every week she likes to go to Podbean. She likes to give us a little bit of feedback. And I look forward to it every week as well when I get the notification. I get the notification. I'm like, is that good time, Jane? Or is it the Cheese Lady? And uh, Cheese Lady says, great show, guys. Can't wait to come to the church. I will practice the Kegels in the meantime. LOL. We have got a bunch of, like, wild women coming to the church. (laughs) I am really looking forward to it. A lot of white women with tight pusses. They're, like, clenching them up right now. This church is going to be off the hook. Can't wait. (laughs) Oh, man. Kegels and the cheese lady. That's just funny that we're making, we are really reaching out to, on this of all month, November, Men's Health Month, we're reaching out to the women. Teaching them how to tighten up the old puss. Oh. And I like it that we're doing that service for those women. I like it. <laughs> All right, that's it. Because we have no Haitian dwarf. What happened was Halloween happened, and uh, he went missing again. Oh, man. And this is what happens with our little buddy. You don't know what's ever happening with him, but he always gets himself into a little bit of a mix-up. And a lot of times we think he's dead because his organs won't last as long because of his tiny little body. His heart keeps growing until he dies or something. Isn't that what happens? Or their kidneys fail, like Gary Coleman or something? Oh, he fell down the stairs. <laughs> Didn't he? How did Gary Coleman die? No idea. Jane, look it up. Can you, can you please? How did Gary Coleman die? And <laughs> eh, We need to know that. How did Webster die? Webster's still alive. Yeah, he's in, he's in the, on the reserve. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he was shopping at uh, at uh, the Caledonia and uh, No Frills. <laughs> no, what was it? Uh, it wasn't No Frills. It was the Zares or the um, Superstar. Oh, yeah. Webster spotted in Caledonia. Yeah, Webster. He's there every. He's there all the time. How did Gary Coleman die? Oh, he doesn't have a. She doesn't have a microphone because Paul's got oh. two. <laughs> yes, diva. <laughs> well, one that works. <laughs> you could join us over here. One you can't hear me yeah. breathe. Oh, Paul's got it. How did Gary Coleman die? Died of a brain hemorrhage on May twenty eighth, two thousand and ten, at forty two years old. Brain hemorrhage. Yes. Huh. That's a different From kind falling. of stroke. <laughs> 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 Oh, oh wow! Oh, I love making fun of the dead. Uh. <laughs> uh, you know this show. Uh, I think we are all done for feedback. If you'd like to, if you'd like to give us any of that uh, particular feedback in the future, there's lots of ways you can do it. You can give us an email at lifefromthedutchhall@gmail.com. You can send us a message on uh, Facebook Messenger, Life from the Dutch Hall on Facebook, or Dutch Hall on Instagram, or Dutch Hall on Twitter. And uh, we will definitely uh, get back to you. No questions asked. Uh, and uh, we will also uh, maybe read your feedback on the air. And you might be a listener of the week. And if you also, you might get on the invitation list for the grand opening, Ooh. which is going to be on December the 19th at, uh, tentatively, December the 19th <laughs> at uh, Spiky Ball Studios in Delhi, Ontario. Oh, man. The very first ever live from the Dutch Hall on our fifth anniversary show. And it's invitation only, so if you are interested in an invitation, there's only one way to get one, and that's from us. So you have to ask us nicely, right. and we'll give you one maybe. Or you can be a, you can uh, uh, become a shareholder of our show, and if you're a shareholder of our show, you get invited automatically. There's only one way to become a shareholder, and that's to give us stuff that we like. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to plug a couple dates coming up for me. I have uh, two shows coming up. If you're in the Sarnia area, I will be in Sarnia on uh, Saturday, that's the 10th of November, at, uh, I believe it's like 8 o'clock, Sarnia. Oh, let me check where it is. It's at, uh, <laughs> it's at some place in Sarnia. Let me see here. Um, Sarnia, Sarnia. Uh, it just says 1245 uh, London Road. In Sarnia. In Sarnia, yeah. At uh, at eight o'clock, you got to come there and see a great show. And also, if you're in Barrie on the 27th of the month, which I think is a Tuesday, yeah, we are at the Fox Lounge in Barrie. It's me, Doug Coning, and Jason Allen, the Two Men and a Baby tour, and we are in uh, Barrie at the Fox Lounge. Five bucks for that show. I think it's five bucks in Sarnia too. So uh, get your tickets and come out and see us if you want to. We're at those two shows coming up, um, and that's it. We're done for all the plugs and shit. All right, so this is a, a really rare opportunity for us to really get delve deeply into the mind and soul hmm. of our good friend, Wes Higgins. All right. Because we never get to see him on camera this clearly. This is the clearest shot we've had of Wes on camera. He's got his own box. Paul, get in close of him. Let's see him. Come on, get right in there on him. Real face. No, right not here. that. <laughs> there we go. Oh, no, that's good enough. That's good enough. Too close. Too close. Get away from him. Oh. It's... Anyways, Wes, you got a microphone. You got a camera. You're a superstar today, right? You're a in. superstar every day. Two, we oh. two weeks, though, missing from the show. 
right? Yeah. yeah. And that's work-related, Yeah. you claim. No, it was. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. it is. But you know that uh, you can always just uh, quit your job and uh, play bass here in uh, poverty? <laughs> the, the thought has crossed my mind. <laughs> Daily, lately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of uh, uh, something that, like, when you know you're doing the wrong thing, it's kind of like, uh, like it never, it never leaves you, yeah. right? Like the feeling that you're doing the wrong thing never leaves you. But when you're doing something that you're not thinking about, then chances are you're you're okay with it. You know, like it's it agrees with you as a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I've done a lot of different jobs in my life, and there's a lot of them that I just don't agree with. Like, it, it makes me angry. I'm walking around angry all the time because I know I shouldn't be doing it. One of them was banking, 15 years of being angry, and then uh, and then nothing. <laughs> I spent like eight hours a day with people there for like 10 years. Not even eight. It's like 10 hours a day for 10 years, right? People are terrible. And then the day I leave, I'm like, they're, uh, they're, like I never spent a day with them. Like, like I never even yeah. was there at all. I fucking hated customer service and like dealing with the public. Hmm. I worked at the garage. Did you work at the general public, like the every everyone? Yeah. That's the worst, man. Yeah. Uh, it was terrible. Like it completely changed my outlook on people. When you have to deal with the whole <laughs> like GP, like yeah, the... 40, 40 to fifty customers a day, generally. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're dicks. Yeah, yeah. The, the the amount of people out there that don't even like uh, try to um, and just be reasonable. They just think they either think everyone's out to get them, or they're just like yeah. they're, they're really suspicious, or I don't know what it is. And they they get defensive, and they end up being real cocks. They make it so that it's worse, you know. I've been, I've been that guy lots of times, where I'm the one making it worse. You know who's terrible is fucking charters. You ever go to a, a, shop, a mechanic shop with him? I'm like, oh. you can't treat people like that, Dave. And then he's like, but he, I think he might have watched his dad do it. Like, I think he's kind of learned it from his dad. And he just keeps, he, he rides him hard, eh? Wow. Didn't you have to build a house for him? For charters? Yeah. And he's, he's particular, right? Yeah, but it, it was fine. Yeah, I know, but he's like a, like a eagle eye. He's on it, right? Like, he doesn't miss a detail, right? That's the thing about charters. He's really on top of it. I think there's a time for that, though. Yeah. Building a house, I think, for sure. Like, that's a big investment if you're... Yeah, yeah. Your biggest investment, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to a store and telling people how to do their job, then you're an asshole. Yeah, yeah. But if you're investing in your... Yeah, if you're protecting your biggest investment in your life, that's understandable. Yeah. But if you're, like, yeah, just going in there and saying, like, uh, uh, giving the guy shit for the way he's taking your uh, lug nuts off or something, you yeah. know? <laughs> then he's uh, you're being a cock. Yeah. Where's the line, though? Where's the line? Is it a line like, uh, uh, let me think. Uh, like, it, it's got to, where, where is it just borderline important enough that you're okay? You know, like a car, if you're going in and negotiate for a car, it's still a pretty big purchase, right? Get it? You can be a dick, right? But you're getting your car fixed. That's that's not good enough, right? Cause I think it all depends on your uh, financial situation. Oh yeah, that's why general public is is so hard to deal with because there's so so various situations. There's no way yeah. you can you can get a perspective for each one of them because it's so there's so many different situations out there, and then you have to deal with all of them. Plus, crazy comes in too because right. you can't keep crazy out. 
that's the thing it's like verse when, when i was at the a bank or i was usually lending money to farmers so i had like farmers or business owners that were coming in so that was just like a small portion of the population you kind of you still get crazies and you get like nice people and you get assholes and douchebags and stuff and they're all in there but uh they're still like all have a, a certain there's a certain floor you know <clears throat> yeah and then uh but in the general public there's no floor and uh like a Jane, uh, my wife's office because it's a medical profession. She's uh, the legitimate general public. Like everyone has to go in there, like everybody. And then you see like the whole swath of the population. You're like, wow, man! Like there's so much troubles out there. You don't have any clue. And uh, and and everyone is uh, like, you have no idea how many crazy people there are living all around you. <laughs> That's right. They live everywhere. Like they're <laughs> absolutely everywhere. It's terrifying. You know, even in my, like, Delhi, Delhi's got, what, like, 5,000 people or something? Yeah, I think so. And uh, I probably know, like, 200, and I think I know the whole town, right? But there's, like, a whole nother 4,800 people that I don't have a fucking clue that they exist, right? In a little town like Delhi. Yeah. Probably walked past them, like, 100 times in my life, you know, but still don't know, have a clue who they are. Right. Isn't that weird? Crazy. And the city would be even more because you you have even more people you'd see even more frequently and still not know. Yeah, absolutely. At least in small towns, you get to like uh, you'll know your neighbors, you'll know like people down the road or whatever. But in this in the city, you don't even know. We had a person in Kitchener when we first got married. He helped me shovel my step one time, and I like inter- I said introduce myself, and I, and he and I said thank you, and then I said where do you live, and he goes right here like we share a wall <laughs> for the last seven months you know you you fucking idiot right like i honestly didn't know i didn't look out the window i was scared that i was gonna get shot in kitchener i remember when we lived in the scary. ghetto it's scary there yeah i lived in, in the the uh, old chicopee uh projects or whatever the townhouses and uh like by stanley park and uh everybody had pit bulls and uh and like rottweilers and shit in there you know it was like a real like it was thugged out man it felt like i was in uh it, it was it was at the time we lived there it was shit i don't know what it's like now but um that's where we first lived when we got married and we put like tinfoil on the windows to pre- and and uh to save money on on uh, air conditioning we didn't have air conditioner right is that what it was to keep the heat out i, I always think fondly about being poor i liked it because you, because when you're when you're stuck, you ha- you're hungry and you have to keep moving, right? I like screwing yourself. It goes back to that having no backup plan. You screw yourself, and then you have to do it. Like when you yeah. jump off the cliff, then you have to figure it out, one way, one way or another. You know, that's why I like about stand up. Because in stand up, you're like you never really want to do it ever. Like uh, I have to drive an hour usually, so you drive like an hour, and then you get there, and the show is gonna be like shitty like probably 80 percent of the time like it's gonna have no one there and this is uh, especially bad if you go even further then they usually uh you're even more disappointed because you're expecting something better but not sarnia and barry i'll tell you that oh, that's worth the drive that is you know <laughs> if you're in that area um but we're going to be going uh yeah but uh a lot of the shows are shit but then and you go up there and you're like um you definitely don't want to do it because you know it's not going to go well because the audience is going to just hate you. But then they call your name and you're like, okay, 
I got to do it, you know, like <laughs> I have no choice, you know. And that's like where you jump off the cliff. I like that because you're forced to do it, right? That's it's like when we hit record on the Sultans of Swing. Yeah, that's right. And then we were just like, let's knock this fucker out of the park. That's what I like about <laughs> watching those comedy shows. I go there and watch. I like watching the comics do their meltdown before they go on stage. Like, they are batshit crazy. Like, there's guys pulling their hair out, and then all of a sudden they go out on stage and they're, in, like, do a normal set, right? Yeah, it's funny, eh? Like, uh, I heard I heard this one guy, he said, um, um, I used to pace before the sh- before my show and then i just didn't and i did the same show and then i just decided not to pace anymore you know what i mean why is that is actually the smartest advice i've ever heard of because all that shit you do to yourself before the show is just fucking standing in your own way of doing your show you're gonna do anyways yeah. you know you're just like screwing yourself up because you know if you didn't do that you'd be fine you'd go on and yeah. go up there and probably be loose and and uh and in the moment and perform a great set but then if you as soon as you start thinking about it it's like for me it's like golf you know as soon as you start thinking about how to hold your elbow or your wrist or some fucking <laughs> thing toes. i'm never going to even touch the ball i'm never even going to touch that fucking ball i'm going to whiff at it and just throw my club into the trees dick out. yeah <laughs> put my dick out and <laughs> just start with my dick out i'm not even going it's going to stay in the cart. My dick out. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what are we at? Oh, fuck, this show's dragging. Oh, it's a long we one. Got one <laughs> we got one, uh, uh, one thing to do yet. What do we got to do? What did we talk about? Oh, oh, Charters, when he was in here last week, uh, well, he wasn't here last week or the week before, right? It's been like, he's been AWOL for a while, right? Oh, yeah. Anyways. The last time he was here, uh, he was uh, picked up. <laughs> he picked up on um, Steve's aggression aggression towards him. <laughs> uh, and did you know about this? No. Oh yeah, Charters is convinced that Steve is has got it out to get him. <laughs> hey, he thinks that Steve's really mad at him for something, and he doesn't know what. Doesn't that lead you to believe he's done something against you? If he believes that, like, for him to think that you um, are mad at him, yeah. that means he's, there's things he's done that you could be mad at. Maybe. That's what I would suspect. Otherwise, why would he be mad at you? Have you never done anything to make him mad? Yeah, I think you're right. I should be mad at him. I'm mad at you, Dave. <laughs> Fuck you, You Dave. should at least suspect him of doing something to make you mad. Like, he's probably done something. What do you think he's done? You think he's fucked your wife? <laughs> no. No? No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, hey, Wes, uh, uh, Dave usually brings us candy for the show, uh, and, and Wes brought us candy today. Oh, it's good candy. Did you have it? No, I hate them. You hate those? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh you know the Stroopka's, the, the, the licorice, the Dutch ones the, that are, like, salty? And yeah, did, I, don't, did, I just did, don't like black licorice. Oh, those are, fu- those are horrible, but. I had one of those on the weekend. Salty. Uh, another Dutch friend of mine was like, "Here, have one of these things." And I had a did nice, you spit it out? Fresh piece of mint gum in my mouth, and then they handed me this salty black licorice thing, and I was like, "I don't know what whale sperm tastes like, but I'm pretty sure this is it." Did you spit it out, or did you eat the whole thing? I ate the whole thing. I, yeah. I love black licorice. Yeah, but that is gross. Though, like, it's, it's a different thing, right? 
it's something else and the people that love it like super love it super love it and and i can't even i can't stomach it for a second but you don't even like those those uh those are what are they called black babies now they are yeah <laughs> <laughs> but they have a did you know they had mustaches in a hell of a package <laughs> but they're cock, you mean? <laughs> Big cock and balls on them. Really? <laughs> yeah. Basic, what are they called? African-American babies? No, just licorice babies. Yeah, licorice oh. babies. Licorice babies yeah. is what they're called? That's not offensive. No. It they were be. not called that as kids. Were they labeled in the grocery store with the... It's either a belt buckle or a big cock. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Richard Pryor. I think it's a bag full of Richard Pryors. They should just call them that. You just call it Richard Pryor. Bag full of Richard Pryor. It's no big deal. <laughs> Actually, I, when I, I had one, cause it, like a cheat, and uh, it brought me back to childhood like big time because I hadn't eaten one of those since I've been a kid. But it's like funny how like a candy, like, like bring it right back to that time in your life, you know? But that's definitely an old taste I've never tasted before. Have you, did you, do you, have you tried it? Did you have one of your kids? No? You don't like it either, eh? What do you like, strawberry? Do you like do you like the regular licorice, strawberry? Yeah, I could take it or leave it. Yeah, like me wine too. Wine gums. Wine gums. Yeah. They really not, they really stick your teeth together yeah. though. Hurt your jaw. Yeah, not good for the dentist bill. <laughs> <laughs> but nice, nice tasting. You know what I like? Those candies. Remember the candies that came in a tin, and then they had like they were like a hard candy, but they had like icing sugar on it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You remember those? I like those. Those were good. One time we had this Jamaican kill hanger from uh, Hamilton, and he came down to work on our farm, and he was uh, he had those in a can, and then uh, I uh, was uh, bugging him for him, you know, so he would throw me one once in a while, and then uh, his name was Vern, and then uh, my dad told me like uh, don't take uh, any candy from Vern anymore because uh, there could be like uh, drugs on it. That's what he said. Hmm. You could lace it with uh, LSD or whatever angel dust. Or whatever he was into in the front of the city. <laughs> and I was like, really? Yeah, that was just like icing sugar candy, but could be wrong. Maybe Vern's trying to trying to get me on hook on crack. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you remember? You don't remember Vern, do you? Oh, no. He was Mackie's cousin. Do you remember Mackie? <laughs> no. Oh, Mackie was a guy from Jamaica that lived at our house before uh, Jamaicans came through for the program. He was like a Jamaican guy that just like came up to Canada on his own and then uh, had to work under the table. And he lived in her bunkhouse. You don't remember him? No. Oh, Mackie's a great guy. That's funny. We and Paul are three years apart, but we have different childhoods, eh? Hmm. Like he'll, because I'll be, I'll remember stuff from like uh, when he was too young to remember, right? And then that, and it seems like a lot happened in that time. <laughs> that uh, you don't, well, you're. I don't remember till I'm like eight. Or something. I could, that's the farthest back I can remember. What's the earliest memory you got? Uh, Lisa getting kicked in the head by a horse. She was. You were like six, right? And that's about the the earliest memory ever. But it was, yeah, it's burned in my brain. Yeah, that's a that that one I remember vividly. I remember every every ounce of that day, oh, like because yeah. we relived it so many times, right? Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, or my, and my sister got kicked in the head by a horse. Did she and ever then, go flying? Yeah, her head was all split open. And then uh, they were uh, taking her to the hospital, and I remember my mom had like uh, like was dressing her wound or whatever, and then uh, um, she kept asking her like what her name was, like so that to see if she was like still with it. 
And uh, Lisa started getting worried that uh, her mother had forgotten her name. <laughs> 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 she was just a kid, you know, and she's like, what? You forget my name? <laughs> my own mother. <laughs> I thought you loved me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was the worst part about it, eh? Just the, her mother forgot her. <laughs> she doesn't remember the pain of the horse. That was awful, though. It is that is my first memory was uh, kindergarten because uh, was the first day of kindergarten. I remember first day of kindergarten. That's the first one I kind of remember vividly, where I can remember like people in the circle and stuff like that. Uh, guys spilling the beans, you know, like they had the beans for the bean counter. <laughs> they like we take scoops and put it in like a, a scale, yeah. weigh the beans. Yeah, this guy in my class, Jason Lurch, he spilled the beans. Spilled the beans. That's an hilarious joke when you're a kid. <laughs> eh? When you're in kindergarten and the guy spilled the beans, but it's an expression as well. <laughs> right. So you say it out loud and everybody laughs. That's big time when you're four. <laughs> That's working a room. Yeah. You know, Charles was in that same class with me. And he was actually even younger because he was born in February. So he was—he didn't turn five until February, right? So he started uh, kindergarten when he was four, and uh, uh, blind as a bat, eh? Couldn't see me until grade two. <laughs> That's when he got his first pair of glasses, grade two, and then then he started getting hit in the face with uh, balls and uh, every chance that he could, until it, and it would break his glasses. There's every story that I have about Charles when he's a kid is. Uh, uh, he's like, this is my every all my favorite stories go like this. Charles is in the playground, and they're doing something. Let's say this. He goes like, uh, I'm in the I'm in the playground and I'm playing soccer, and this guy kicks a soccer ball and it hits me in the face and it breaks my glasses and I go fuck, and then the teacher <laughs> hears me and, she, and I go to the principal's office right, and then he'd be like another time it'll be like we're just we're just throwing snowballs outside and someone throws a snowball and hits me in the glasses and it breaks my glasses and I go fuck. And then, then, then the teacher hears me. I have to go. It was always something about Dave, and Dave always had like a uh, like a safety pin in there and tape around the one side of it. You know, like he always, and he was also always the kid who like uh, people. He lived in town, so like they would like do stuff like throw snowballs at cars, and then they would like uh, have a getaway, like where they go under a fence or they would oh, yeah. put a tunnel through the snow, and they would like have a shoot away so I could throw a snowball at the car and then like run away from it or whatever. But Charters is always the one like where his friends would make the hole just a little bit too small for him to shoot through because he was a hefty boy. And then uh, uh, he would get stuck in the fence and then get caught by the guy who he's throwing snowballs at. Hey, Jane, do you mind uh, shutting off that furnace, please? Anyways, enough about that cock. Yeah, fuck that guy. He decided that he was going to, again, prioritize his, his work, which is, you know what? I'm going to say right now, uh, Charters, uh, your job, though it might give you um, meaning, if you just put it on off, it'll go off eventually. Um, if, you, if, if, if your job gives you meaning and all that stuff, that's fine. I don't give a shit. But you, I think you're a greedy son of a bitch. Yeah. I think you should join Wes in being dead broke and waiting for Thursday to roll around each and every week to nail openers like he did today. That's right. <laughs> right, Charters? Instead of you sitting there counting your money like Scrooge McDuck, doing big 
fucking dives into a, uh, I would only imagine, a vault of money. Have you ever been to Dave's house? Yeah. Is the, is the basement of his house, is it true the basement of his house is a vault of money that he dives into like Scrooge McDuck every night? There might be. I'm only allowed in the basement. Never been upstairs. If you were only allowed in the basement, then you would have seen the vault of money. It's in like a secret hiding room. I don't know. I didn't see it. You never went to the kitchen? Nope. Only allowed in the basement. How'd you get in the house? Uh, we had band practice. <laughs> and you went right to the basement? Yep. Were you allowed to like look at his family or anything? Nope. Oh, no. Like He said, he said don't look him in the <laughs> eye. Don't acknowledge you're here. That's right. Be very quiet. I don't like understand why you'd be practice. mad at him. Why would you be mad at him? He treats you like that, and you... Why would you be mad at that? That sounds gentlemanly. <laughs> he won't even let me upstairs. Char I think he sounds like he's treating you like shit. You, no wonder you're pissed off at him. Yeah. I got a lot to say to that guy, if he'd ever show up. Ooh, getting saucy, eh, Paul? <laughs> getting saucy. We're really getting a, like a radio war between you and Dave. This is a this is a cliffhanger. Like, let's say Dave, let's say, just for argument's sake, that next week Charter shows up. That's the end of the sentence. <laughs> Charter shows up. Let's say yeah. that happens, right? Wow. Like we're starting to build a teaser for next week, where you and Dave are going to confront your issues with one another, right? Yeah. We're building this up for the listeners now. That's right. We're like, we're trying to create a hype. Trash that fucker, Steve. Dave, I don't think you're a very nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's really thrown the gauntlet yeah. down now. Way to tell him. We, Charters, you heard him. Say it again, Steve, just so he gets it through yeah. his thick head. Dave, you're not a nice guy at all. I don't like you. And what, what do you think you'll do to him next week? I don't even think he's going to show next week. But if he does show, what will you do to him? Uh, I might shake his hand. <laughs> no, I'm not going to shake his hand. I'm gonna will you talk sternly to him? Maybe. Maybe that's a good plan. Really, you can do I'm it. I'm quite angry with Dave. I'll back, a, I'll back you up, Steve. Done. You know what? You know what? Uh, you need to be protected in a safe space. All right. And what we're prepared to do, <laughs> we're going to give you that safe space right here in the Dutch Hall. Next week, me and Wes got your back, even Paul. Look at Paul. He's an animal. I got your back. You got his back? Thanks, yeah. man. Okay, so you got three of us here. You know, uh, Mike is a pussycat. Kev <laughs> is too sick. to he'll, he'll need to get his rest. He won't be jumping in any fray. Right. You are totally safe here, Steve. What you need to do is you need to speak your mind next week on the program. Yep. On the program, we are going to hash this thing out between you and Dave Charters. All right. And if you need to talk sternly to him, if you need to tell him some horrible, horrible truths, and he starts to get physical, hmm. I'll tell you right now, there'll be none of that in my program. We will kick his ass. All right. And Paul will fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you understand that? <laughs> Come on, Rooster. <laughs> <laughs> so if that, isn't a, is that, if that isn't a teaser for next week's program, I don't know what is, I folks. <laughs> this is going to be great next week. For, thank you to everyone that stayed to the end. Thank you to everyone that really, um, really, you know what, listened to the opener and didn't just shut it off and burn <laughs> every piece of audio equipment you had. If you made it this far, you're really, really one of the children of the hall. Yeah. Right? If you'd like to give us some feedback, you can do that on uh, live from the Dutch Hall at gmail.com or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. We are either live from the Dutch Hall or Dutch Hall. Until next week. 
We will see you NT. See you next Thursday. Hit it. Thank you. Stop.